Are you a sneakerhead? Yeah, boy! A baller? Ballin'. Want to know about the hottest brands you can lace up and run with? Well, get ready, because we got all the details right here. Nice take by James. Oh, he stops! LeBron James puts it down in the face of James Johnson. Kevin Durant way outside. Delivers! Kevin Durant from downtown. It's a six-point game. And it goes off to Kobe. Good to ride Kobe underneath. Puts his nose on the line again. Makes the basket. He's fouled. Oh, what a play. And Kobe, after he was fouled, after the ball nestled in the net, he waved to a cameraman down in front. Says, take my picture, baby. Sixers running the break. Iverson accelerating to the jam. It's kicks and bricks where we got game on the streets, and on the court. Money's gotta be the shoes. Shoes, shoes, shoes. shoes. You sure it's not the shoes? I'm sure, Mars. Money's gotta be the shoes. And here's your host, Jamel Cutler. What up, what up? Welcome to Kicks. Joining me today is one of the boys of summer and one of the biggest Knicks fans around, Julito McCollum. What's good, my brother? How you doing? Jamel, what up, family? Thank you for having me. Uh, man, I'm good, man. Hanging in there. What's going on, man? Man, I see you at the Garden at Knicks games for a while now. Like, when did you first identify as a Knicks guy? Yeah, I, I'm in the Garden. It's like a second home at this point. Uh, so I was a Knicks City dancer at 11, 12? Yeah, I used to dance for the Knicks at 12 years old, man. And, you know, I liked the Knicks at that point, but I think the love really came once I got into my teens and I started to truly understand basketball and understand the game. And, you know, I fell in love with that Allen Houston, Spreewell, you know, led team. You know, I just love, I'm an underdog kind of guy. You know what I mean? I think even my story is my my personal story is very similar to an underdog kind of story so you know once i started you know liking basketball it was the knicks i'm a hometown guy you know i i, I always judge people when they're from a place and they hate their team you know what i mean i'm like what type of what type of loyalty is that you know what i mean so I, man since day one man you know my brother he was a huge nick fan uh, he isn't a huge nick fan um you know just all, a lot of people around me was always Knicks fans, but I think once I became a Knicks City kid, that kind of truly brought the you know the, the love for the Knicks in me. You mentioned Spreewell and Houston from that squad. I was a big Marcus Camby fan. Like he didn't pick, mm. like dude didn't put up you know twenty and fifteen, but he was, right. but he was always at the right place at the right time, making uh, um, timely blocks, you know, big 100%. defensive stops. So Marcus Canby was uh, my dude from back then. 100%. That whole squad, man, uh, you know, Jeff Van Gundy and just the whole squad in general was just like, it, it was very reminiscent of this 2021-2022 uh, this, this, this team. You know what I mean? Like, this, it, it's just they had heart. And I think anytime you get a Knicks team that's just gritty with heart, that's giving you everything they got every night, you you gotta love it. And I think that's what we got back then and that's what we got this season for sure. A part of me wanted Jeff Van Gundy to come back, but I think he wouldn't be able to like identify with the player of today because like dudes today, they're too soft for like for like Van Gundy's mentality. Right. Yeah. Like he's He's from the, you know, Tibbs is from his lineage. And if you look at how people, there were some people who were complaining about Tibbs, you know what I mean? Like those, I think there was the Timberwolves guys and a few other guys complained about mm -hmm. his style of coaching. And I'm like, wouldn't you want a coach that brings the best out of you by being tough with you rather than coddling you and, 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 and you know, it's okay, man. Look, if you, that's what we got with Fisdale, you know what I mean? Fisdale, the, yeah, he was coddling. He wanted to be his, play, his, his players' friends. And I think that's why we got so much out of, Tibbs got so much out of the same exact players this time. They look like completely new players because I'm not your friend. I'm here to win basketball games. So if we're gonna do that, that's if you down with that, let's do it. I don't these new players are soft, man. They're soft, man. <laughs> so this year was basically the COVID year, but how many games did you go to? Oh uh, man, like, I went to in, in five. Yeah, I went to five. I went to our first playoff win in what was it, almost ten years. 
and I went to a few other seasons. I went to the game where we came back against Horn- the Hornets. That was a huge game. Mm-hmm. I went to the the Suns game. Yeah, I, I, man, I try to get in the garden as much as possible. It's, if you've never been to a, a, the Madison Square Garden, a Nick game, but when we're winning, it's it's electrifying, man. Even when we're losing, man, it's it's a special place to be because you know what I mean. Like even when mm-hmm. we're losing, it's still like <sighs> we got hope. You know, we, we 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 rally our troops together. But being in the garden, I was outside, bro, after that playoff win, in the middle of thirty fourth and eighth Avenue, seventh Avenue, uh, watching tractor trailers go by, beeping their horns, the cops letting people stand on cars, and dudes out there smoking and drink, right? Like it was. A moment I'll never forget, yeah. man. It was a moment I'll never forget. Yeah, I seen that. And that demographic that the Knicks have now for fans, I think that's the demographic Brooklyn was kind of aiming for. And they have the super team, so... Yeah. I mean, like... I, it's, it's, I, and this is coming from a guy that's born and bred in Brooklyn. You know, born and raised. You... It's, it, you know, there's people who have been fans of the Knicks for 30 plus years. You gotta remember, not you, but people have to remember mm-hmm. that we didn't like the Nets. Right, like as a Nick fan growing up, we didn't like the Nets. So, if you're, you got to do more than just bring a super team together to have us say we're gonna cheer you on. I think, it, what I I've been through, I've cried watching the games. You know what I mean? I've I've spent all my money to go to a Nick game when I was younger. You know, I danced with them. Like there's people we have history with this team. You can't just bring, and that's what they've been doing since they brought. That's to Brooklyn. They've been trying to just acquire super teams and think that's going to still, you know, have the fans' heart. It's not. They had a moment with D'Angelo and you know Karis Levert mm-hmm. and that squad, and then they threw it away after one season. And it was like that's why we don't we're not rocking with you. Keep you got to keep the you know you keep some type of integrity as a sports team, and I, I just think they don't do that often. And me personally. Like, I don't think the Nets is a proper representation of Brooklyn. They're like more the gentrified crew of Brooklyn. They don't even yes. represent the real Brooklyn. I don't see Kevin, you know, nothing against these guys personally. I don't know them, but like, I don't see Kate, Kyrie and KD out there in, in the streets doing anything for Brooklyn, right? Like, I don't see them, mm-hmm. you know, Brooklyn is not just downtown Brooklyn, right? Where the Barclays is. Flatbushes ain't nothing but 10 minutes away, man. I don't see them, you know, at the Labor Day parades. And, you know, I don't see these guys being a part of the culture of Brooklyn. So it's hard for, you know, me as a Brooklynite to fall in love with them. I, I just can't. I'm a, a bleed orange and blue forever, man. And that's just that's just what it is. Whether it's Barclays Center or MSG, like, what's the wildest thing you ever seen, like, sitting on press row? Oh man! I mean, not I mean, not celebrity rooms. Yeah, yeah, celebrity. celebrity. Yeah. Um, well, for me, it has to be when Joel Embiid jumped over my head. Um, <laughs> it was, I believe, last season, and I was sitting right next to Regina King, and uh, yeah, Joel Embiid tried to dive in the stands for a loose ball, and he jumped over <laughs> me and Regina King's head. Uh, <laughs> so that was crazy to me. I but. Yo, ain't nothing like sitting courtside, man. People, the funniest is just the fans that like are just happy to be. You know, the celebrities are keeping it cool. They're chilling. You know, the, mm-hmm. the fans that are just happy to be courtside, they be talking so much junk. Like, yo, if if you if you are an opposing team, an away team, yo, those fans that let you have it. They will talk to you mm-hmm. from the beginning of the game until the end of the game. And uh, it's always funny, like, when... um. You know, some of the players, you know, they talk back to him. And I was there when Bradley Bale, he said, your mama. <laughs> Somebody <laughs> coached that up to him, right? Like, but that's just, that's the heart. That's the Mecca, man. It's, it's a good time and it's competitive. My favorite thing is sitting on press row and kind of looking down and like kind of seeing, you know, some of the celebs not paying attention to what's going on. And then like there's a yeah. broken play or something. And then the ball just, you know, smacks them in the face or something. <laughs> no. Yo, and but what's funny about it is, yo, the celebs that come to the game. I mean, there's one or two that come here and there, like maybe once one one game a season. That's they're cool. They just want they just want to watch a basketball game or they just want to do press, right? But there's some fans, some celebs. Of course, you know, Tracy Morgan is like he's on the sideline calling out plays. You know what I mean? And Spike, of course. And but they're like some people, man, who like they're diehard Nick fans. I think. 
Knicks fans are just some of the smartest fans in the world when it comes to basketball. You know what I mean? We know the game, and that's why you can't kind of you know do anything with us. You know what's crazy? Um, I can't recall dude's real name, but Bobby from this, but Bobby Bacala from the from the Sopranos. Yeah, yeah I seen I've him. I've never at, watched the Sopranos. But I seen him at. I'm, I'm finishing Entourage <laughs> right now, and I'm I'm gonna get back to the Sopranos. <laughs> yeah, that's definitely on your homework list, the Sopranos. Yes. Yes. I seen him after a game across the street at Supreme Pizza, just you know, just buying the pizza, just with the fans. Yeah, man. And nobody knew who York, he was. Man, you, I'm like, <laughs> yeah, New York, man. You don't need, man. We we in this together. You know what I mean? It's like even with the celebs, it's like when people go to the games, they're not like freaking out over the celebs like that they're more like yo this our squad we we everybody's in it together you got celebs high-fiving high-fiving like regular old people you know what i mean and that's that's the love of being a Knicks fan man we go all in this together the knicks they just had their first good season since like i want to say 13. like can you talk about your thoughts on the Knicks past season you know given that they just had julius randall and the other four basically I think uh, this season, of course, was a success because nobody thought we would be where we were, right? Um, I did think we were going to be a good team, to be honest. I told my friends from day one, we like two days before the um, season started, we had like a prediction, you know, convo. And I, I, I said, I think we're going to get 36 wins. And they looked like, what? 36 wins? And I'm like, yeah, I just think when you get a guy like Tom Thibodeau in the house, He's not losing, right? And people are going to want to play for him. And I think that's all we've been missing is a coach that you want to really, truly play for. And we drafted, you know, Emmanuel quickly. I believe he was 26 pick, right? And mm -hmm. look at what he's done for us, man. He uh, was top five rookies in, in the league. And, you know, we got a guy like Derrick Rose to come back and, you know, just be a different Derrick Rose for us. And and, and really, like, let go of himself and be a be, – be not the MVP Derrick Rose, but be something that's much needed on this team. And, uh, you know, Julius Randle, right? Like, if you don't want to say the season is, is a success, you're bugging because Julius Randle literally skyrocketed his, his, his career, his game, everything about him has changed. And, of course, he didn't have a great playoff run, but... It's, it's just one season of being better, right? And I can only imagine what's going to happen for him next season once those jitters are away, right? Because if y'all weren't in the garden, bruh, that playoff noise, I don't even know how they were able to, like, be relaxed, yo. It was it was electrifying. It was crazy. Um, so I just look at it like this season was, if I had to grade it, I'd give it an A-, minus, just because I think we should have won more than one game in the playoffs. But... Ultimately, man, we're just a better team, man. The the, the 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 system, the culture of the Knicks is not. We're no longer the laugh out loud Knicks, man. We're no longer the laughing stock of the NBA. We need to be respected, and I think they're gonna see us next season. Is we're gonna add a point guard because that's all we need is a point guard. We're gonna add a point guard, and things are gonna change for real. When they first signed Randall in 2019, with the with like those 10 other power forwards like did you think that randall was going to become the face of the franchise no i didn't know much about randall because he played at, in markets i didn't really watch but for maybe like 10 games in i was like this is i don't know if this is the guy i'm gonna be honest bro and i went to a few of those early games that season and i was just like mm -hmm. i don't know and and then he had the season he had and i really was like yo i was on the trade randall train you know what i mean but what he did this season, man, I truly, I, I truly owe him an apology. Um, just yo, like shooting forty percent, forty, I believe it was like forty-one percent from three, passing the ball, almost averaging a triple double, All NBA second team, All Star, most improved player. Like, who would have thought this would have been what we had? And I'm happy we have him, man, for real. You know, like, like I like Randall a lot, but I just don't see him as that number one option. Like, I still think the Knicks need a good, like, number one option, a closer. Yeah, 100%. I think we also need a guy that's a wing. Like, we, we need a really good wing or a point guard, right? Like, 
how often do you see power forwards be the leader of their teams, right? Like Giannis is one. I don't know if we can even think of another. Like power forwards aren't usually the leaders of their team. You need guys that are athletic, guys that can shoot the rock, guys that can jump out the building if need be, guys that can, it can be dominant scorers. And I agree with you, bro. I don't know if he's our number one. I think he's a really good two, three. But right. I don't know about number one, bro. I, I think, man, Dame on this team, Damian Lillard on this team would just be so special. It'll be interesting to see Dame behind a top 10 defense. But but for the Knicks, I just don't want them like to gut the team just for Dame. Yeah, I, I get that. Uh-huh. And I also look at it like you have to give up. Like if you look at every team, right, especially the teams that have won, and, and and kind of taking away Giannis and these Bucks, who just won yesterday, right? Take away them, because that was an anomaly. I think if we didn't have... Well, they did an amazing job. Giannis, MVP, right? Like, great job. But if the Nets wasn't hurt, they wouldn't have won, right? Like, if... if I honestly... You know, Dario Saric, even though he's, he's not a huge player on the Suns, but he tore his ACL in the middle of the season, in the middle of that playoff run, I think him being on the team would have changed things, right, for, for them because they would have had, a, you know, a better four coming off the bench. So I don't know if – I'm just not sure, man. I'm not sure if – if if they, like, at this point – I'm sorry. I'm just like – I just don't want us to always fall in love with every single player that touches a Knicks uniform. There's people literally arguing me that they're not willing to give up Kevin Knox for Colin Sexton. And I'm just like, what has Kevin Knox done for this team in three years? Nothing. He had one, he had like two good months in his rookie year. That's it. He's not done anything for us since then. And I get, we don't want to give up our, you know, but if all it costs for Dame was Mitchell Robinson, Frank, Knox, Obi, and a, maybe a two picks. I'm doing it, bro. I'm giving away because a guy like Damian Lillard is a is a you'll you'll probably never get another Damian Lillard again, right? And because of that, you strike while the iron is hot. He's still in his prime. He's still able to score thirty at any given day. You, what's the likelihood that you're ever gonna get another guy like him? He's getting older, so if we wait until his contract is up, he's gonna be almost forty. Like, bro, you gotta give up things to get to get special players like that, bro. The Knicks do need a point guard, but one guard I do have my eye on is Lonzo Ball. Like, he's a big guard, defensive guard. He can shoot, and he fit to the system. Yeah. So, me personally, like, I would rather just roll the dice on Lonzo than that. trade the house for Dane. Mm, I'm with that. You know what's interesting? I was all Lonzo. Lonzo was, for a while, Lonzo was the only point guard I wanted. But, yo, they've been turning me on Colin Sexton, man. I, I just... Oh, yeah. Really, he averaged 20, young Bull's nasty, man. You know what I'm saying? He averaged 25 last season. He plays an amazing defense. And I think, you know, everybody's looking at him a little different because of what people in uh, Cleveland were saying. But I'm like, yo... I would have probably been a ball hog in Cleveland. Those players he playing with are the trash. Like, you know what I mean? Like, you got people in Cleveland talking about he wasn't a good teammate. I probably wouldn't have hated my teammates if I was in Cleveland. Like, I don't think he would come over here with people like Tibbs and World Wide West and Leon and, and, and be, like, disruptive. Like, man, 25 points a game, give me him, man. My only issue with Lonzo is he can't score. That's my only issue, bro. If they get Lonzo and Colin, because Colin is more of a two than a one. And Cleveland, it kind of seems like they just want to get rid of him for a bag of chips. So, like, I would package, you know, our pick, our, our upcoming pick along with Kevin Knox. And and if they want Mitch, trade him too for um. Yeah, I'm, I'm down with giving up Mitch. Yeah, I'm down with giving up Mitch because we got no Nerlens, man. I want to give Nerlens some money. My only thing with Nerlens, he can't catch a basketball, man. He Yo, he's going to get a payday this this offseason. Him and Nerlens, I mean, not Nerlens, yeah, him and Reggie Bullock. I confused them too for some reason. <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah, they're going to, Nerlens wants some money. You remember because he, he, uh, he passed on um, 
a huge payday with Dallas, I believe. And then he, mm-hmm. then he, you know, he got nothing out of it, right? So I, yeah, he won his mm-hmm. money. So I'm willing to give him that ten million, man. Give him ten million a year, man. Come off the bench uh, and give you four blocks a game, three blocks. A, come on, you can't find it. But there's teams like Portland that really gonna go hard for him, man. Portland, the Lakers. You know, it's a few teams that's gonna go hard to get him, man. So I don't know. We might lose him, but he played amazing for us this season. Another guard that I kind of have my eye on, and this is like, and this is like years down the line, because I've been paying attention to some of the comments that the Hawks owner has been making, and he's coming across like a cheapo. And I think when it's time for Trey Young to like to resign with them, like I don't think he's going to resign with them if they like keep on getting eliminated in the second round and and in the conference finals. Um, but now, like Trey, he's kind of like our new villain. Like, like, do you see him as in the same vein as Reggie Miller? No, because it was only one season. I think that was Trey's first season as first season in the playoffs. Uh, his first time being a villain. It's not like he really was a villain for us throughout the year. Like people don't realize the Reggie Miller situation. It was like two, three seasons. When it season, like I want to see when when Trey Young comes back during the. The regular season and then hopefully we meet him again in the playoffs and you know what I mean like so I'm not putting him there yet because it was just his first time in the playoffs but he did work man I can I mean I don't like him you know but he did work he, he went to work on us I, I will I will be honest man he played a, a hell of a series so but not Reggie Miller yet no not Reggie Miller yet and I kind of seen like a little rivalry budding between him and IQ when they was on the court at the same time um, like, do you see IQ as kind of like one of our future stars in the backcourt, even even, even if they do get like a marquee guard? Yeah, I really like IQ off the bench. I really just see him as more of a, I see him more of a, as a Lou Will kind of player. You know what I mean? I, I just, he really, because when IQ was out there, he does, he's tunnel vision. He really doesn't look for his pass. And I feel like as a starting point guard, we need a point guard that's willing to distribute. I don't know if we need like a... Even if you're a point guard that you're more of a scorer, like I want you to at least see the pass sometimes. IQ doesn't see the pass at all. Like he will look you off to score. And I don't know if we need that on this team because he's a little too young and a little too raw to to be that guy for us. I think season four or five of him season four or five will he will see that in iq but until then nah not yet man i'm i want a proven point guard bro i want a dame a kyle Lowry, um you know alonzo just because his his playmaking mm-hmm. ability is crazy uh and i'm okay with sexton you know what i mean i'm okay with those type of players but iq i think season three his third season i think is when we'll really truly see the best of him how about D Rose? Do you want to see him back, or do you want to see him kind of chase that ring with another team? Yeah, no, I, I don't think D Rose is leaving, bro. There's no way D Rose is going to the Lakers or Clippers. I think he's going. With, he's probably going to even take a pay cut to play with us, man. Uh, he loves Tibbs. He loves New York. Showed him so much love. He's a he's a legend here now at this point. Like last, what he did for us in this playoff, man, was phenomenal, man. To be that old, to be. You know, that kind of, like, beat up. You know, he got, what, two torn ACLs, man? Like, I think we need to have d Rose retire. Him and Todd Gibson, let them retire as Knicks. Even if they don't really get playing time eventually, let them retire as Knicks. I don't want to see him go chase a ring. And I don't think he wants to. Have you seen Luca Vildoza play? I've been following him with um, with the Olympics. Um, yeah. he, shoots from, he shoots from Curry range, and that's what we need desperately. Yeah, I like Vidoza. Um, I only watched the one game against, I believe it was America. Yeah, and uh, he's raw. He's he's um, but my issue is he's just older. So to see him still be this raw, it's, it's a little worrisome. I think he's going to be a really good third, fourth string point guard for us. You know what I mean? Um, I think his he has some veteran ability just because he's played overseas for so long. I think it's necessary. I think it. 
having um, as many veterans on the team to be like a shoulder for these for these young guys, man. Um, I think it's necessary. So I just I gotta see a little more of him. But I think the American game was different than. You know that I forget where he plays, but it's different during the Europe, different than the European game. So I'm excited to see him in the summer league and see what he does for us for sure. You know, I've seen somebody compare him to Luca. I mean, if that comparison is even close, you know, I think we hit a home run with that one. Yeah, yeah. Well, of, of course, man. Man, I'm also looking at Luca, man. Like Luca. Uh, damn, I'm confusing his name. What's what's the Dallas Luca's name? Luca Doncic. Uh, Doncic, Doncic, sorry. Yeah. Uh, look, man, he may be, he may get this grunt too, bro. He may want out. And man, Luca on a goddamn Knicks. Woo. He may, yo, that Dallas situation is horrible. It's bad right now. New coach, new, new. And that's the thing, like, we look at Jason Kidd or something, but remember Luca from Europe. He don't, he, I'm sure he knows Jason Kidd, of course, but like, he doesn't look at Jason Kidd how we do. So I'm not sure he's happy with that, right? Because I think he wanted their, uh, they yeah, have some kind of their organization. He yeah, wanted Mosley, right? He wanted yeah. he wanted Mosley, and then they they was like, nah, we're going with J Kid. I'm I'm not sure he's happy with that, and we see him and um, the the he who must not be named, uh, KP <laughs> not <laughs> KP not getting along. So I don't know. Look, man, it's about to be a, a lot of people who are disgruntled, bro that we may have a chance at, bro. Do you still mess with um, number six? No. No. I I stopped kind of liking him the last season he was here, to be honest. And then when, granted, right, we were a bad organization. We were a bad team. I just don't like his vibe. Like, he, he thinks he's a lot better than what he is. Seven feet, plays like he's six foot two. Get out of here, bro. Nah, man. Nah, get him out of here. He, he, I, I know once a Nick, always a Nick, but I'm not a KP fan. Not at all. Did you see him in the playoffs, like just breaking like fadeaway um, three pointers that didn't make sense after a fadeaway three? I'm like, dude was the biggest person on the court breaking those shots. Imagine what how Luka Doncic felt, bro. Imagine you pass this guy the ball. Like there will be moments where I see Luka driving and KP in the corner open, and he's just like, if I miss this layer, I don't care. Like if I get blocked, I don't care. Cause, yo, he's he does not play like he is seven feet two. Like he plays like a, a small board small ball guard, and it's that doesn't work anymore his yo the nba is changing so much and if you can't adapt to it man you, it's it's gonna be bad for you and listen i good luck with Dallas, man I, we got another one of their picks though right we got we got the yeah. second round of next year mm-hmm. hopefully hopefully they look bad again <laughs> so how long before dallas you know trades him kp i don't think yeah. he's playing on that team i don't think kp is going to be on that team come next season if, if, if those rumors and what people at the murmurs of, of what we is, is true i don't see kp on that team i see i see them giving him up maybe the wizards for westbrook maybe maybe you right like i see that i don't see it working for him anymore kp you not, know I, I, it's not working it's too much has come out that's not good you know what i mean i seen a joke on twitter that the next big three in china is going to be alfred payton Kyle Kuzma and um and Porzingis. <laughs> Why do you, I'm just mad at you for even bringing that name up, man. We don't talk about Peyton no more. He doesn't exist. He evaporated <laughs> into the thin air. Oh, what a oh my god. No, he must have like Tim's sex tapes or some shit, bro. Like, there's no way that Tim's played him for 80 80 games, right? Because included the play. Played him for about seventy something games, man. God plus, damn that. That was hard. Plus last year too. Plus last he was starting season. last year. He was our starting point guard for two seasons, and I really believe he was the worst starting point guard in the league. Like I was there was a moment where I was going through all of the starters and I'm like, we really have the worst starting point guard in the league. That's horrible. <laughs> like, it's... All right, so so another former Nick I want to ask you about is Carmelo Anthony. 
Um, do you want to see him like return to the Knicks for like a swan song and retire? Or do you want to see him like win a ring like with the Lakers or, or go to state <sighs> or whoever and yeah. then retire? Yeah, coming from, you know, I was Carmelo is my favorite player of all time, to be honest. Um, I was a huge Melo fan. I am a huge Melo fan. So I'm kind of torn, man. I want him to come in after a real shot at uh, a farewell, you know, a real New York moment, because I think the way he went out was not cool. Um, it, but I do want to see him win that ring, man. He deserves it. Uh, so I think he, I think it can happen. I think he can go next year, play for a team, a title, a true title contender, win that ring, and then come back to the next one season. Because I, I don't, I don't think next season is gonna be his last. You know, I think he probably got two more seasons. So go win a ring next season, and then come back to you know. Let us get one more year to really build our culture, and then you know, come back twenty twenty two when when uh, and. and and, and really get your 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 just due because he deserves it, man. I think I I really really think the Knicks should retire his jersey, but you know the Knicks ain't like those other teams. They don't retire mm-hmm. anybody's jersey. You know what I'm saying? So, but I I believe he deserves to get his jersey retired. Man, I think the last jersey they retired was like 2003. Yeah, who was that? Uh, that was, was that um, Ewing. Yeah, Patrick Ewing against the Magic crazy they don't retire jerseys bro like because if you look at it houston maybe could have got his jersey retired that's the only other person i believe houston so uh they ain't with it man you gotta to have your jersey in that drafting man it gotta be special so i doubt they will do it but he i hey if the knicks would have went to the conference finals in like 2013 i think there would have been uh, some rumblings about about them, you know, yeah. throwing up his number. A hundred percent. I agree. I agree. So it's it just depends on who you ask. But for me as a diehard mellow fan and was so happy we had him for the however many seasons we did, I think he deserves it. And it's still crazy to me that the stat people basically like just threw him out the league for two years because he didn't fit the the analytical mode. Right. It's so weird, bro. Like because Portland, you know, I love that Dame was always like, let's go get Melo, right? And because he saw, you know, Dame is a real one. So I I, mm-hmm. I love that he gave Melo his opportunity. Because I I really believe if it wasn't for Dame, Melo wouldn't be on Portland, right? But, um, yeah, I don't think it was Melo's fault in OKC. And I, I really don't think it was Melo's fault in Houston because they only let him play 10 games. But, you know, it's, it's all about chemistry and it's about rotations and it's about lineups and i don't think neither okc or houston played mellows well right and then they blamed it on him because they needed somebody to blame it on you don't blame it on a guy like harden or you don't blame it on paul george and you don't want to the coach doesn't want to blame it on himself and the front office don't want to blame it right so who can we blame it on cool let's 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 get mellow out of here and i think that was messed up so I'm happy he got like he was because he's still playing well. He still plays better than mm-hmm. a lot of people, right? Like he deserves to be on a team, and he will be, and he deserves to you know win a ring. So hopefully next season he gets an opportunity for real. You know, if the Knicks was was going to trade Melo or just let him go, I think he should have left in 2014. And if he would have teamed up with Portland that year, I mean, like, like who knows what a who knows, Happen. man? Yeah, Dame deserved the younger Mellow, man. A younger Mellow and Dame? Oh, my God. Crazy. Mm-hmm. Crazy. He just don't got enough in the tank to play, like, real hard minutes in the in the playoffs, but he still can Yeah, not anymore, 20. but... Yeah, he can, still, he can still give you 20 on, the, on, on mm-hmm. you know, in the right system. Yeah. You know, maybe if he goes to L.A., him and CP, maybe that'll... When the Marine, yeah, you know, that's the banana boat squad. So if they bring the <laughs> banana boat together, yeah, I, it's a possibility, I'm sure. Because what do you, I don't do you think CP gonna stay in um with the Suns? I mean, like CP, he has to decide if he wants to get paid or if he wants to win. If he wants to get paid, he's staying with Phoenix for the max. If he wants to win, he's taking the minimum and like going to LA with with Brian. Yeah, yeah, I, yeah so I that's really up to him. 
The CP3, the New York train, has left the building. I don't think that's a thing anymore. Because we need a, Oh, man. Yeah. That shit left in 2011. <laughs> <laughs> I, I was looking for him, like, right after we traded for Melo. Yeah. Mm. That would have been good, man. Melo and CP3 together in their prime? Oh, man. And plus they had Amari on one leg or one one knee. Man, that's the the only issue, man. I I always think about what could have been if we had Melo and Amari both healthy. Because remember, people don't realize Amari was giving us like 30 and 15, 30 and 20 at times. He was balling for us. And then Melo came in and he tore his ACL and then the rest was history, right? You know, if Mike Woodson was the coach back then, instead of Mike D'Antoni, I think it could have worked out better. A hundred percent. Yeah, D'Antoni was a little too run and gun for sure. And and Mike and Mike Woodson. Mike Woodson is such a great coach, man. I can't wait to see him. Mm-hmm. Where is he at? Indiana, I believe? Or? Yeah, Indiana right now. Yeah. yeah, I can't wait to see him, you know, be a great coach for them, man. He's such an amazing coach. And um and then Tony was good for us for a bit too, but his he just don't he's he doesn't care about defense whatsoever and that can't really win you many games in this league. You know, and and Mike Woodson, he was the next best coach since Van Gundy back in the nineties. A hundred percent. So I'm like 100%. I wanted him to stay, but your boy Phil Jackson just let him go and another he <laughs> another he who must not be named. All right, so um, so some of your castmates from the Wire—they're like a big Knicks fan. Your TV father, Hassan Johnson, is probably like the biggest one. You know, did having that bond as Knicks fans kind of help your on your on-screen chemistry grow together? Yeah, what's interesting is we didn't realize we were both diehard Knicks fans until later on in life. You know, because uh, almost every time I go to the game, I see Hassan and. You know, we're still really, really great friends, and he's like a like a big brother to me, you know. And But it's interesting, we, because we, remember, you know, when we were on the show, we only had but so many scenes together. So, and the scenes go by so quick, and it's, it's kind of hard to really create that real chemistry. But I guess we had it from jump, both being from New York and, you know, just being, you know, Hassan's just such an amazing individual, man, stand-up dude, and... Yeah, but we ain't know we were both Nick fans until we started following each other on the gram. And we're like, oh, you, you're a Nick fan? I'm a Nick fan, too. And, yeah, uh, Michael K. Williams is also a huge Nick fan. Uh, he's a, he's at the game all the time as well. Uh, yeah, the, you know, but people don't even realize this other, like, Clay Davis, you know, the one, she, he's yeah. always at the games. Uh, oh, really? Whitlock, he's always at the game, always, yes. The, the, yo, when you go to a Nick game, there's at least one or two wired characters there every game every game you know one of my favorite scenes from the wire was when hassan johnson was like nixed and fucked up they draft again <laughs> yeah that that scene was actually horrible but that line was good <laughs> you know the context of that scene was a little crazy but uh <laughs> nah, man, you know shout out to Hollis, man he's, he's a good dude good dude you know, as naming, you rocked like a whole lot of throwbacks, you know, Chicago Bulls, um, Philadelphia Eagles, but I never seen you rock Nick stuff. What's going on with that? Yeah, man. I think what it was was that, you know, Baltimoreans, they don't really have a love for the Knicks like we do, and here, clearly out here in New York, you know, so. Um, I didn't have to say in my clothing, you know, I wish I did. I made sure we had like an Oakley, you know what I mean? But uh, now it's cool. I guess his character also, there was ties with, with uh, the Bryces and Philly. Remember when uh, Weebay got caught, he got caught in Philly, right? So I know that's probably why they did the Eagles jersey, but I'm not sure about the Chicago one. Maybe, you know, maybe just Jordan, you know? So if it was my choice, I would have made sure we had, we had a Knicks jersey in there. This is not spoken about enough, but Naaman had the mother from hell. Like, I don't think I would have lasted with the Londa as my mother. And I think like the Londa <laughs> and Janice Soprano are like the two most hated women in HBO history. Oh, damn, that's, that's huge. 
and I still gotta watch The Sopranos. So I'm, next time we talk, I'll, I'll be better with the, with the, the references. You know what I mean for The Sopranos. But uh, yeah, man. But what's interesting is that Delanda, that's who played my mom, Sandy. Uh, Delanda is one of the nicest people in the world, man. Like night, like mm-hmm. just such a nice lady, man. So. That means she's just such an amazing actress and she can have people <laughs> hate her so much, you know what I mean? You were a part of The Boys of Summer. Like, you talk about how important that storyline was in the overall development of um, season four. It was imperative, man. I think, um, I just think David Simon, Ed Burns, those guys who created these stories just did an amazing job at capturing the essence of the truth, right? And the truth is that you you're not born a criminal you're not born um, a drug dealer you're not born a murderer you're not born this way you created this way you're, you're this is taught you know what i mean and i i love how our season season four you got to truly see these guys and that's why i love the like people always ask what's my favorite episode i always say the first one because you truly got to see the innocence of children Right and and what it means to be a kid and how there's so many decisions you got to make and how ultimately y'all just want to have fun and enjoy life and then they take us on this journey with these four kids and I think it was necessary that the world got to experience that you know what I mean I think it's you know there's so many people who have stopped me on the street and they're like yo I didn't know that's how it is and I'm like yeah these kids go through it and it's I'm glad that these writers and creators got to show you the story of what you know these four boys on the show but ultimately what kids in the world go through in the inner city and it's it's unfortunate man Mm -hmm. like me i always had this theory about about your about your characters like always felt naming mike and dookie and randy were like insights on how some of the major characters grew up in a modern day sense like always felt you were clay davis because because you and Clay had the same line. If someone's giving me money, I'm taking it, something like that. I'm just paraphrasing. If, no, if I, if if a motherfucker want to give his money to me, I'll take it. It's something like yeah. that, right? Yeah, yeah. I'll take anybody's yeah. money if they're giving it away. Yeah, yeah, yeah that's it. it. Mm-hmm. Michael, um, Michael is Omar because because of because of the applied molestation and the stick up boy aspect. And um Dookie, you know, he became bubble. On Bubs, yeah. and Randy, like to me, he he developed a cold heart, and to me, he became a cross between Marlo and Bodie. Like, do you was yeah. that always like kind of written that way, or or no. is that just like fan you know, theory? I think it's it's it's. I don't think it's necessarily just fan theory. I think it's the writers just did an amazing job of showing you how these, like I said, how these people are created and. You know, it's so interesting when you see the parallels of these characters and how each character has a piece of said character in it. But we didn't know that was how it was going to look towards the end. People don't realize we never got any scripts prior to shooting it. We maybe got it a few days. So we didn't know the storylines. We learned them as we read the scripts. And we, like I said, we only got a few days to prep. Um, it's, It's just... I think it's, you know, I look, it's funny. I look at The Wire outside of being, naming the character and all that. I look at it as just a fan of good art. And I'm just like, man, that's some, that's a hell of a writing, man. That's some good writing, man. To really show like, all right, we're going to let you meet these kids. But this is the, this is why we have Omar. This is why we have Marlo. This is why we even have a Clay Davis or, you know. It's y'all create the shit, right? Like when the cops didn't want to help Randy, when he kept asking for help and they half-assed helped him. And then you see what you create. You create a monster because now Randy has to fend for himself because nobody wanted to support him. And when, unfortunately, parents like Delanda make their kids, you know, go out and sell drugs, it's, it's, it, it, you need somebody like a bunny to be there and be like, yo, I, I'm going to love you enough to say you're more than just this drug dealer. You're more than just a corner boy. I'm going to love you into debate school. I'm going to love you into the, you know, into the straight and narrow. I'm going to love you into this. And then you see, unfortunately, the Michael characters, man, and it's one of the saddest storylines, I think, in TV history. 
because yeah, it's cool. People are like, oh, he the new Omar. That's popping. That's dope. And it's like, but do you realize how sad that is? That he's now like living this vigilante kind of rebellious life because he had no other choice, right? And it's it's you know it's such a beautiful story, man. And Dookie too, like his storyline, man. I had so much expectations for him, man. And it just broke my heart seeing him shooting up heroin. Come on, so smart. So charismatic, um, and it's just, even in spite of, right? In spite of not having clean clothes, in spite of not having a family, he always was like, you know, he was always like a light, and then you just watch that light just be taken from him, and it's just like, damn. And then he needed love, and he went to find it, and unfortunately, other people who are down and out like him, and what's going to happen usually is you're going to, you're going to turn to something to, to cope and, you know, to medicate. Mm -hmm. And, yeah, it's, it's, it's unfortunate, man. It really is. In 2021, with all the political strife going on, all the drug policy that's being passed, like, what would a season five of The Wire mean today? Or season six? Season six? That's a tough question, because I don't even know if a season six would work in this new day and age, man. I, I think it would be incredibly um necessary and needed but you know the pc culture and it I, you know they never wanted the wire to work it, ever right like the wire would get canceled every season so because of that now in this culture and like in this like time i don't even know if a wire would work to be honest man i and i wouldn't want it to work i think when you get greatness in a classic i just not for touching it, you know what I mean? I think you should leave it alone and let it just exist mm -hmm. and stop trying to create, recreate um, something that was, you know? So I'm happy we only did five seasons because I'm sure they wanted more seasons from them. But David Simon was like, nah, when I went into this, we wanted five seasons. We got five seasons and we out. No matter how good the show does, it, right? Like, we, we, we out. And I think that was dope. And towards the end, like, nothing really changed, like, the names changed, but the game stayed the same, basically. Game. It's like what uh, Pres Belusky had said. He said, nobody wins. One side just loses more slowly. And it's like, nobody wins, bro. Like, it's still the same thing. Like, look at everything. Look at the world, man. Yeah, of course, we're, we're making so many strides, right? There's so many people doing good work out here. But if you really look at, go to the hood, man. Still the same, man. Yeah, they may gentrify it, but it's still it's still people out there lost, man. And nobody wins, bro. And like you said, the the, the names change, but the players stay the same. <laughs> Yo, it's like it's like me. I'm from Bushwick, and when people come here, even though it's like white people around, they still leave their car doors unlocked. And I'd be like, bro, it's still Bushwick. Yo, Bushwick. You know what I'm saying? I see it all the time. <laughs> Look, man, I live in Jersey in a area where it ain't there ain't nobody to, i still lock my doors i still right like i ain't like you know i don't man people you could take the, the streets out of a situation you can't take the streets out of people man and you know people we trying to gentrify these neighborhoods and i'm just like i'm all for neighborhoods getting better i'm all for growth but don't make it so better that you kick out all the people that created the neighborhood who who helped birth the neighborhood and now they can't afford to live in their neighborhoods that they raised up it's unfortunate man I, I, you know so make the better neighborhood better clean the neighborhood but don't kick the people out that that are from the neighborhood that's not cool all these years later why do you think the wire still resonates with people so much because it was able to it was a voice for people who didn't have a voice and I think anytime you, you you see your story be told in a very authentic way, I think it, it it stays in your heart forever. And I think that's what it's done for people. And and that's why there's so many new Wire fans, especially during quarantine. Like I believe they said something that this viewership spiked up like crazy throughout quarantine because people now were in the house and it was like, you know, let me go and binge watch this. And um when you got something that's so timeless and so classic it, it never leaves right good art doesn't mm -hmm. leave it just it just evaporates into the air into us and um i think that's why people just love it and and i'm so grateful man to be a part of some history you know what i mean uh, i think 
years from now, the hundreds of years from now, there'll be people that'll talk about the wire like they talk about history, you know, history books. And and to know you were a part of something like that, I think is you know, I'm forever grateful. Do you feel that the wire kind of set the tone for like shows like Power and Snowfall? Of course. I mean, when the wire came out it was nothing like it. You know what I mean? Um and of course, man, people you know, they and I, I think I think the comparisons aren't necessary. I think snowfall is snowfall and power is power. I, I don't I think they all live in different worlds and I think you can't compare those to, to the wire because the wire told a story about people and about cultures and about systems as a, a, and power tells a story about ghosts right like you know and yeah and, and you can't really compare that um and snowfall i like snowfall i do um i just binged it the other day and you know but it's still different you know what i mean it's still different um these guys david simon and ed burns and these writers george pelicanos and you know they're just geniuses man you can't you can't compare stuff like that to other stuff man you can't you know, I have to put you on the spot for this one. I asked all the past wire guests that I had the same question. Like, which show do you think is better, Power, The Wire, or Snowfall? It's not even. Come on now. Well, I, what did they say? <laughs> what did they say? Honestly, most of them couldn't choose. I know they wanted. I I know they wanted to say The Wire, but they just couldn't choose. You know, because they're still on these shows and still working and still, you know, so I dig it. Uh, I'll just say you can't compare the NBA to the G League or to, or to, you know, or to, I think, I think I'll say one is G League. I'm not going to say which is which, but I'll say one is the G League and the other is... I wouldn't even say Rucker Park. The other is China or something. Not even China. The other <laughs> is your homies going to the courts and playing in jeans and Tims. <laughs> wow. That's what you 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 uh dis- you figure it out. <laughs> I think I know. What you- <laughs> All right. So um, so how do you think a character like Tariq would do on the streets of West Baltimore? He probably would have died maybe episode three, season one. Especially Just, if Marlo was Kingpin. Come on, man. Especially if Marlo was Kingpin. Um, yeah, I just, those shows, are, they're more like soap operas. You know what I mean? It's, it's not really about, mm-hmm. I couldn't even see a Tyreek in the world of, of The Wire because Tyreek don't exist in real life. You know what I mean? And, and that's unfortunate, but he doesn't exist. That character doesn't exist in the real world. You know what I mean? And I think that's why people love The Wire so much because everybody knows a Naaman. Everybody knows a Michael. Everybody knows a Cuddy. Everybody knows these people in real life. I don't know if I, I personally know a Tommy. Like, I just don't. You know what I mean? And some people may. You know, I'm not knocking it. and But I just don't know if these characters exist in in the work in the real world so i don't know if tyree could would even be in the real world did you see like any similarities between naaman and tariq or it's just not i mean i guess kind of spoiled a spoiled privileged kid that uh kind of went against his father i guess that's it they went in two different directions clearly but like i stopped watching power also um kind of early on uh i watched up until maybe like season three and i watched bits and pieces here and there so i can understand what you know twitter's talking about but like yeah i i don't think there's really a comparison and i I just think they're just two different people yeah before i let you go like we have to play start bench cut and like our first round is going to be um about the knicks so start bench cut knicks players we have mellow marbury and Amari. So, so when they were on the Knicks or just them in general? Now, now when they were on the Knicks. Okay, so I got it. Knicks career only. Yeah, I got it. I got to cut Marbury. He just didn't do enough for us. Um, but I was going to say, if it was about Marbury's career, I would have benched him. You know what I mean? Because 
Marbury is was unlike any point guard I, I had ever seen. Right, coming from Brooklyn, he was probably one of the best point guards I ever saw in my life. But uh, on the Knicks, not so much. So I gotta cut. I gotta cut Starberry. I gotta bench Stat. I gotta bench Amari. And Melo, man, he's my starter, one hundred percent. You know the Knicks haven't had a good point guard since Marbury, to be honest with you. Since Marbury, yeah. People talk about and, fate, Felton. He did what he could for us, but nah, man. And he was Marbury's decent, but and before Marbury, Marbury. I, and before Marbury, I couldn't even tell you who was the Knicks starting point Chris guard. Chris Ward, Charlie, Probably. Ward. It was Charlie Ward. That's it. Of oh, Frank Williams, <laughs> I know you like who. <laughs> Uh, yeah, it's been bad for us. <laughs> yeah. All right, so the 90s edition for the Knicks. The start bench cut, we got Ewan, Starks, and Oakley. Ooh. Well, I'm, I got to cut Oak, man. He went against the grain, man. I, I, so this is the thing. He was well Okay, James right. Dolan. No, look. He was <laughs> well in his right to disrespect Dolan, right? Cool. Disrespect Dolan all day. But when he put that Nets jersey on and sat court side of the Nets game, I was through with him. I'm not going to lie. That hurt me. As a Knicks fan, if you bleed orange and blue, you don't put on a Nets jersey. I've never – I don't even look at the Barclays Center when I ride past Atlantic Ave. Right? You know what I'm saying? Like, we are Net Knicks fans. You don't do that. So I got to bet. He was well in his right. Granted, he was well in his right. At that time, Harbour organization, Dolan be bugging. He well in his right for everything he did until he put that Nets jersey on and sat courtside. That hurt. Got to cut. Yo, oh. yo, I remember a few years ago when when the Nets had D'Lo. It was a Nets, I mean, Nets versus Knicks game. And Oak, he sat like right behind the Nets bench. Grimy, bro. Grimy. I think, I'm like, come on. You don't do that, bro. You don't do that. <laughs> all right, so all right. I got to cut Oak. Uh, I got to bench Stocks because he was up and down for us. He had his moments mm -hmm. where I was like, Stocks, you wildin', son. Uh, and you know, man, to me, the greatest nigga of all time, Patrick Ewan, man. All right, and our, our last one for the, uh, for the Knicks, um, Jeff Van Gundy, Mike Woodson, and Coach Tibbs. Okay, I'm gonna I'm gonna cut Dan Tony. No, oh, you said sorry, sorry. Jeff, Jeff Van Gundy. Yeah. Oh damn. Ah, uh, that's a tough one, bro. Uh, because he wasn't with us long enough, I'm gonna cut Woodson. He just wasn't with us long enough and didn't do as much for uh, like he. We took it to the playoffs, but like that was one season. So I gotta cut. I gotta cut Woodson. I'm going to bench Tibbs because I got to see him next season. I got to see what he does because he's also one season. But I got to I got to bench Tibbs. And Jeff, man, come on. We had some dog fights with Jeff. Jeff was on the floor, man. He was on the floor for us, man. Like, you don't get coaches like that, bro. Big fast, man. And speaking of dogs, I forgot to mention earlier, your guy Bobby Portis won the title last night. How did that feel to you? Scary eyes, man. Uh, I'm happy for him, man. And that, but I was happy for him until I realized I saw an article today that he uh, he passed on the Knicks, and I'm like, son, because they or he said the Knicks offered him more money than the Bucks, but he wanted to go to the Bucks. I'm like, damn, bro. So first I was like, you know, once a Nick, always a Nick. Congrats, but now I'm just like, man, eh, cool. You know what I mean? <laughs> I'm a diehard Nick fan, bro. For real, for real. All right, so our last go-around of Start Bench Cut is about TV shows, and I think you know where I'm going with this. We got The Wire, Snowfall, and Power. <laughs> All right, so clearly I'm going to cut Power. Uh, right. I'm going to bench Snowfall. Uh, you know, we're going with the GOAT, man. We got to start The Wire. Man, no doubt, man. All right, so I want to thank you for joining me today. I'm I'm looking forward to this upcoming next season, and I'm looking forward to yeah. seeing you at the Garden next season. Do you have any yeah, like brother, upcoming brother. projects that you're working on? Yeah, man. Um, first off, thank you for having me. Uh, thank you for having me for sure, bro. Uh, yeah, I just shot a movie out in Baltimore. It's called Safe Space. Uh, it's directed by Boris Kojo. It also has Drea D'Amato from Sopranos. 
um, in the joint and the Ari Parker, of course. Uh, I'm really looking forward to that movie coming out sometime next year. Um, I'm working on, a, you know, my, my own podcast, Random Thoughts with Julito. We're going to come back with a season two pretty soon. And um, just check me out, man. Follow me everywhere, man. Instagram, I am Julito. You know, every, Twitter, I am Julito. You know, follow me to stay updated, man. All right, man. Take care. All right, bro. Take care, brother. <laughs>